Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Blessed feast of the martyr of the church, St. Cecilia, which is the reason why we are rocking the red tonight, and welcome to episode 392 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever box office, because let's just say there have been a lot of videos that have been made about this movie, a lot of videos that I think have been well overstating the box office, or rather that have been overstating how poorly the box office has been doing, when in reality, the box office has actually been doing quite well uh, for a film from Marvel during this period of time. Now, let me just put that caveat out there that I obviously do think and recognize that this film is doing far less than what previous MCU films have done historically. However, compared to the ones most recently being released, there is no denying that this film is on pace to be able to easily beat the total of Thor Love and Thunder and is even having a chance of getting upwards towards the total given by Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. In all those cases, those are films that should have easily been a billion dollars based off of, again, the general sentiment going in, especially when you look at Doctor Strange. The massive drop-off for Doctor Strange ultimately led to that film not quite getting there. But here's what we can't deny about that movie. Even though the film should have made a billion and didn't, it still made hundreds of millions in net gain profit for, uh, for Disney. You look at Thor Love and Thunder, that film still made roughly around $50 million in net gain profits. Definitely not on a good end for them, I would say. I would I, I would argue that Thor Love and Thunder could easily be described as being a very poor return on the investment. But based off of the numbers that we're seeing right now for Black Panther, for Wakanda Forever, it looks to me that this film is going to well make well over $100 million in net profit. Now, some might try to say, well, you know, if you put $250 million in and you get $100 million out, how is that really a success? Well, because you made back all of the money you spent in the project, and then you're making an extra $100 million to boot. No matter what film it is and whatever time of the year it's being released, that is ultimately a good sign. So we're going to talk a little bit about truth when it comes to the Black Panther Wakanda Forever box office, because as I've said, I think there's a lot of either misinformation out there. I think that there's a lot of people kind of leading others astray when it comes to it. Um, I think they're they're kind of, you know, <laughs> taking the cart before the horse, as they say, uh, the, the old saying as it goes. But I also want to put it into, into the perspective that the general sentiment that is out there, that the MCU is on the decline, is still very much being shown by what we are seeing with these numbers. Because even though... And again, I came out of this movie not a fan at all. It, it, it hurts me when I have to defend movies like this, but when people put me in the position where I have to defend the movies because they're messing up the numbers, it drives me crazy. And I have to say something about it. So I'm not going to deny that this is indeed still a sign of the law of diminishing returns for the entirety of the MCU. Add to that, of course... The news that broke just a couple days ago that Bob Iger is back as the CEO and Bob Chapik is out and is basically being the fall guy. And what can we expect? Well, under the Bob Iger regime, though one could easily point to the many box office hits that came out of that regime, you can also look to the downfall of several franchises, the losing of the hardcore fans of many of these franchises, and even more so, something that I don't think enough people are talking about, it was under the Bob Iger regime that most of the deals, especially with communist China and the CCP, came to fruition. 
So will that ultimately lead to future MCU films starting to once again get those China releases, inflating those box office numbers to make them look better? Because remember, that number, especially from China, they only get 25% of that box office back. And so usually it's just a tactic to try to make the film look even that much more successful. Ultimately, it comes down to, okay, what is it doing domestically? What is it doing in some of these other markets that we kind of have an idea of how much return on the investment they actually get for it? And so then we're going to talk about all that tonight. We're going to talk about uh, other things as well, because let's just say a lot of stuff has been going on. I mean, if you've been following the social media wars, uh, Elon Musk is bringing everybody back to Twitter, which is uh, pretty amazing and pretty incredible. It makes me definitely, if I was ever going to say I, I was missing being on social media, it would be at this point in the release. But before going any further, any further though, please make sure you smash the like button, not the fire button if you're watching on Odyssey, smash the rumble button as well if you're watching over there. And let's go ahead and dive into the chat with you lovely people. First highlighting, of course, the super sticker once again from Big Raj. Big Raj, thank you very much as always for being so supportive. I appreciate the super sticker. All right, we got Master of Gaming in the chat. He tried to say Black Panther Wakanda Forever dropped less than most Phase 4 films except Shang-Chi and Eternals. And, and here's again something else that people aren't talking about. When in comparison to, especially Eternals, Black Panther is, is, looking, is looking pretty good. I mean, looking really good in comparison. I mean, the fact that it's at 360, it's projected to be at $360.9 million after the holiday weekend, that means that its domestic is getting very close to being the entirety of what the Eternals made worldwide. Just to kind of, again, put these things into perspective. When you look to films like The Eternals, you're looking at a flop. When you're looking at a film like even that of Doctor Strange, which had a massive drop-off, you're looking at a massive success. Thor Love and Thunder, we would say very much middling success, hardly a success. Black Panther's on pace to, to have a successful run. And, and as I said, that does not mean I think the film is good. That does not mean that I like the movie. But it does mean that the, the, the numbers are what they are. And, and we have to look at them within that context. And we have to look at them within the historical context. The one thing I will say, and even though I disagree with him vehemently, on how he he gets his numbers as far as the break-even. I do want to give a shout-out to Valiant Renegade because I think that he is doing really good stuff on his channel. But one of the things that I think is important that he points out in videos that he's done recently, I've been watching, I watched a couple of his streams, is that he points out how we oftentimes forget that due to inflation and due to the, the amount of money it costs per ticket, that even though the numbers might seem comparable in certain markets, the number of people are so much less. So even though we can look at a Black Panther, we could look much more uh, clearly at even a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, right? $950 million. We can look to those movies and say, hey, those films seem to be making a lot of money, right? And then the actual, you know, the actual total amount that's being reported. But then you remember, wait a minute, tickets cost a lot more. So in reality, the number of people going to see these films is actually dropping quite a bit. And that's one thing I think that he brought up that was quite interesting. However, it doesn't take away the financial side of it, the financial aspect of it, but it is still an important point to bring up nonetheless that we're probably seeing just a, an incredibly smaller amount of people going to see these films in comparison to what they were even just a couple of years ago. 
even just five to ten years ago at this point in time as the box office continues to recover. Snorna Poopus Cuber, what's going on? He's a member on the channel saying, Hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Snorna Poopus? We got Hound 3000 in the chat. Woof, woof, woof. Hail to you. Orange Hat Reviews, who is a member, saying, Movie talk. If the same actor plays the president in two Michael Bay movies, The Rock and Armageddon, does that mean that those two movies exist in the same universe? That is one tough president. Yeah, but they're having to deal with all those things going on. That's a very good point. And I don't even think I ever made the connection of the same actor playing the president in both of those movies. Um, I think it's a compelling argument. I don't care much for the Bayverse, but I'm sure that there are some who do who probably would say, ah, you are on to something there, mister. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. J.S. Pena, ahoy, ahoy there. How's it going? Uh, Tina B., Empress of the Universe, thank you for being here this evening. She is one of the Valks, one of the mods of the channel. Show some respect, or she, she will drop the hammer on you. She will do it. All right. Who else do we got? We got Forever Sci-Fi in the chat, as I had mentioned. Keely Chow is also in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Um, let's see. Keely Chow says, how are you, Thor and your wife? doing? We're doing quite well. Uh, we're hitting the road tomorrow to go see some family of hers. Uh, extended family in, in the Pensacola area. So we're going to be hitting the road. Very much excited for, um, for that. I like trips in general. So been working on one of the fire tablets that I've had for years, trying to put some songs and, and, and movies to try and, you know, if, if we ever get to the point where baby Thor is getting really cranky, right? We obviously don't want any storms on our way down uh, to be able to, to have Star Wars playing and other things like that. So I was working on that today. Ended up having a very busy day. We had the day off uh, because of uh, being able to, to earn an extra day off. So that was kind of nice. So try to make it as productive as I can. Got a little bit of a beard trim. Was able to go out and do some some shopping for some some tech stuff. I'm in the process of trying to uh, basically add a coaxial jack to my house. Yeah, I know that sounds <laughs> that sounds amazing, right? Um, because I, I just recently found out, and this is kind of insane to me. If you have a house that is wired with with coaxial, right? So that's typical for TV and especially old school television uh, broadcast signaling and other things like that, right? It was very commonly used. A lot of times in today's world, though, it's very it's very much out of date. A lot of companies, internet providers, don't really use it that much anymore. And so what I found out is that if your house is already wired for it, though, what you can do is on one of the ports you can connect it to an adapter plugged into your router. And what it will do then is make your your ports into Ethernet ports, essentially. So as long as you have an adapter on the other end, it will transfer that over. So I've been, uh, yeah, been diving into that, how to do that, how to do that safely. Because I was like, okay, but um, do these jacks have, <laughs> have a lot of power running through them? I can't imagine that they have it that much. Um, so that's something I'm going to try to do before we before we leave. But yeah. So I was trying to have a productive day. I was able to put a new light fixture out on the outside as the one that we have had for a long time in the deck where I, I do some grilling. It has one of those motion sensors, which is never good. It's n never worked very well. Finally replaced that. And of course, it just reminded me of how bad the electricians um, and anyone who worked on the electricity here and the wiring of the house especially just did a terrible job when it came to putting things in. I mean, things are just out of, you know, out of whack, they're, they're, they're skewed, like, for instance, the, uh, basically, the electrical box on the outside, it, it's, it's on an angle, so it's like, wait a minute, 
how, how am I supposed to screw these in if they're not even going to be straight? It was ridiculous. So had to deal with that. But overall, pretty productive day. And uh, yeah, everyone's doing pretty well. Uh, Odyssey, Odyssey patron. All that it, that's all that says. Odyssey patron. Thank you for the $200. Sorry, the 200 credits. The 200 library tokens. Hyper chat over on Odyssey. I appreciate that very much. And then we got Wee hanging out over in the Odyssey chat as well. Hey, LCU, thanks for being here. Smash like, smash rumble, and also, of course, light up the fire button as well. Rogue Attraction in the chat. Hail to you. Uh, CJM, what is going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, early, happy, blessed Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, Great Wuda is in the chat. Hail to you. Mike Jackson is also in the chat. Nathan Slay hanging out in the chat as well. Bryant Barth here. We got Laura, the modern major general of the channel, also hanging out. Favorite Sci-Fi was a member saying, how much does inflation factor into what they spent versus what they got back now? Well, the problem is, is that we really can't quite factor in current inflation because that's something that you really figure out more so long term. Or if you could figure that out in today's world, I'm not an accountant or an economist to be able to do that kind of math on the fly. Um, so obviously the amount of money that they put in was was worth more than the money they're getting back now. But to what extent, I, again, to me, there are just there are way too many factors and too many questions that go into it. And I always go back to this, but if you ever wanted to dive into the, well, what about this, 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 you would drive yourself crazy thinking about all of the different taxes and all of the different credits that Eddie's studio is going to get on a movie. I mean, people often forget product placement alone in films can get you a lot of dollars. You think about that and all these other things. Ultimately, these things, in my head at the very least, even out at some point. So that's why I don't dive into some of the other more nuanced discussions that some other channels might have. Because to me, if you go into the weeds, sometimes there's things that you're just going to ultimately leave out. Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey, what is going on? Saying, Coaxial Jack is my favorite hidden gem superhero, so underrated. Uh, especially with this finding out about its... <laughs> Ability to carry an, uh, an internet signal. I think that's actually pretty cool. It can actually carry it up to uh, up to like a gig of speed. So d depending on the, the uh, depending on the cables you have and depending on the adapters you use, I should be able to get a gig. And so what that allow me to do is upstairs where on one side of the house, I, I don't have a, I wish I had an ethernet port. I don't. It allows me to be able to, without having to rewire the entire house, uh, to be able to use these adapters. So excited to be playing around with that when I get back from from uh, from Florida. Nathan Slay, tagged to say, Good evening, Odin. School right now is like watching uncut gems on steroids. Dang. That sounds quite intense. Uh, Kimberly G says, Happy St. Cecilia Day and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Amen. Absolutely. Happy, blessed feast of St. Cecilia. Yeah, this Thanksgiving, it will be St. John of the Cross whose feast day it will be. So we'll also be celebrating, of course, the Feast of St. John of the Cross. And uh, this weekend, I know, right? This weekend, first Sunday of Advent. That's crazy. It is honestly insane that we are at the point where Advent is right upon us. So get your Advent wreaths ready, your Advent calendars ready. I, I just, uh, we're doing the Jesse tree this year. Uh, that's going to be fun, doing that for the first time. Uh, Tina says, Commandment, 
It's been a one... Oh, sorry. Sorry. Talking to someone else. John Evan Baird had to say, do you think Strange Worlds is going to be a bigger flop than Treasure Planets? I, I don't know. I don't know about whether it'll be a, a bigger flop than Treasure Planet. It will be a flop, though. Uh, I was just looking at the numbers uh, before the stream went live. Let me go ahead and try and see if I can get um, the news report section going up right now. Since you mentioned it, we'll go ahead and, and transition over into that. And let's get that message off the screen. So I, I, I decided to double check this. So right now, we are getting different reports. So we have Deadline reporting one number. And then we also have uh, Rebecca Rubin for Variety uh, saying another number. So... It's anywhere from 135 to 180. Personally, I trust Variety a little bit more when it comes to getting that type of information. But let's even just take some, you know, somewhere in between. Let's say the budget's around 150 million. I think that's a fair number to give for it. The movie then would have to make well over 300, like 325 to 350 million dollars just to break even. There, there's no way that this movie is going to be able to do that. We actually have some early numbers for Thanksgiving. The film is going to open up for the entire weekend. The projections are that it'll make $26.8 million domestically. A far cry from the $300 it it'll need to make to break even. So Strange World, I, I said this um, a couple of videos ago, or a couple of streams ago, where I believe Strange World is just being put out by Disney because they did not believe it was going to make money anyway. So why not just throw it into the holiday weekend when you have a lot of families that are off? Any of the families that are not already going to see Black Panther have not already seen it. Hey, now there is a another uh, animated movie that they could go to watch instead. So to me, it's them just trying to say, hey, let's try to make as much money as we can off of this, even though we're probably not going to make our money back on it. Let's just go ahead and throw it out and see what happens, right? Let's throw it to the wall and, and see what sticks. That's what it seems to be the case with this movie. So I won't know exactly where the film is going to fall until we have the actual numbers and we have the actual uh, data. But again, right now it is being projected somewhere. I just saw someone put in the live chat because, again, that's why you got to listen, Victor Fontaine. I love you, brother. But that's why, as I said, right now it's projected to be somewhere between 135 and 180. Again, one source deadline is saying 135. Variety is saying 180. So again, we're getting two conflicting reports. So that means that I'm going to go ahead and take somewhere in the middle because I think that's being fair based on the fact that these are two mainstream sites that are reporting this. And so 150, I think, is quite, quite fair to do. And so again, $150 million, even if it is $150 million, right? So let's say it's, it's less. Let's say it's more. Either way, making well over $300 million, I just don't think is going to be in the cards for this movie especially based off of this projected opening weekend. But getting back to Black Panther, because obviously it's okay, Victor Fontaine. I see in the live chat, it's okay. It's okay, trust me. As someone with ADHD, I understand what it's like to be distracted. It happens to me. But anyway, Black Panther, let's talk about these numbers because I think it's important for us to be, to be accurate with them, all right? So the weekend numbers, all right, the weekend numbers for the third week of its release projected to make $40.4 million dollars by the end of the holiday weekend, expected to have made $58.4 million, which is looking at an effective drop of around 39% from the previous weekend. That is not a terrible number. That is, that is a pretty good hold. That is a pretty good drop there. It's also looking like 
the total domestic is going to be around $360.9 million. So this film is well on its way to passing $400 million likely by the end of the fourth weekend. And this again gets back to what we were saying previously. So let's go ahead and go back to the box, uh, the, 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 the week one to week two drop-offs for the film, right? It was 63%. Remember, everyone was coming out with those videos. I warned people about this on the Salty Saturday stream. If you were hanging out in the Salty Saturday stream, I appreciate y'all being over there. Shout out to the Salty Nerd Podcast. We were talking about this. This question came up. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, but it's Friday to Friday number was a 79% plus drop. And it's like, don't let that fool you. Of course, the number is high. It's always high for the superhero movies. It's always high Friday to Friday because the Friday numbers from the first weekend include the Thursday numbers, the Thursday premiere numbers, which is usually a pretty decent portion. And so you're going to see a much higher drop. And what happened Saturday and Sunday, it caught back up. And it ended up being a 63% drop. I saw some other videos coming out saying that this is the one of the worst drops in ever in history of MCU. Again, not really. When you look at the big budget films, even beyond the MCU, a 63% drop is definitely not the worst. And and it's definitely it's definitely normal for a film of this caliber, of this, and by caliber, I don't mean quality, but rather of this budget to see drops like this. Right? This is not out of line. This is not out of left field. In addition to this, it had it had incredibly strong and much stronger than expected holds internationally. In fact, it performed better internationally than, than the other MCU films to come out this year. And e- even including doing better in, in like-for-like markets than other films that actually did quite, uh, quite better as well. So we have that factor for one, right? The, 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 end, the weekend number ended up not being really falling off the charts all that much. You then add on to that, uh, we have the Monday numbers dropping to dropping 64% from the previous day, $7 million on Monday. So again, adding more and more, we're looking at probably getting uh, Tuesdays tend to be a little bit higher because it is usually t- cheaper tickets on Tuesday. So we're probably going to see, what, 7 to $10 million on Tuesday. Every other day, you're going to see more opportunities for the film to make more money because more and more people are going to be off. And even though the word of mouth on this film is not, is not spectacular, there's still no denial that this film is still doing well. It is still doing well, better than what I think a lot of us would have expected. Right now, it's at $552 million worldwide. Now, if we go back to this projected number, right? The projected number for the domestic is 360.9, all right? Right now, 294 versus 258 internationally. If this film then gets then gets to that 360 number, we can assume then that the film internationally will also cross $300 million. So this movie is going to be well over $600 million by the end of next weekend. You, you, you actually could see this film pushing to $700 million by the end of next weekend. That's already putting it within 50 million of Thor Love and Thunder, and that's after only three weeks. You see now why not only is Thor Love and Thunder likely going to easily fall to this movie, but also why I'm putting this film somewhere between it and Doctor Strange. And the reason why that's significant is because when we saw Thor Love and Thunder, when we saw the opening weekend for that film, and when we saw the drop-offs for that movie, and we saw the very mixed word of mouth, we had this understanding that, oh, 
it seems to be indicating that this is 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 again showing that drop off, showing that in- incredible decline in, in within the MCU. And I think that that's absolutely true, and that's absolutely there. But what we're seeing with Wakanda Forever, and I've again remember, I warned people, I told people, don't sleep on the domestic for this film, because right now this film, up against, and again I've been putting these up together, putting these up against each other for a while, Black Panther two versus Doctor Strange versus Thor Love and Thunder. This film, right, as of this weekend, is now pacing ahead in total daily numbers. Right? 7 million on the second Monday versus 4 million for Doctor Strange. That means the total domestic at the same point in its release, 294. Where was Doctor Strange? 297. What did I say this past weekend in my box office breakdown? Do not be surprised if Black Panther outpaces and catches up to and surpasses Doctor Strange by the end of this week. It's looking like before even the full holidays are in effect, that probably will happen. Maybe when we get the Tuesday numbers, it will actually have officially surpassed the number. Regardless of that, this film right now is pacing to catch up and surpass the total number that was reached by, or rather the same number and the, the, the number at the same time in its release as Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange ended its run domestically at 411. If the film continues to track ahead, that's the reason why I'm projecting a domestic end result of 450 to 500 is absolutely within the realm of possibility. Just again, based off of history, based off of the tracking, based off of the comparisons of, again, at the same time in history. So you have that going for it. You also have the film doing better internationally in certain markets than even that of Doctor Strange. And so that's why some are saying, hey, maybe it'll actually do better there than what had originally been expected. So if we see the film get close to 450, 500 domestic, and then we see the film get somewhere close to 400 million, international, which I think is likely. That's why I've been saying this film likely going to be somewhere between eight and 900 million, right? I personally think somewhere between 800 and 850. Hopefully now you can see why I think that's going to be the case. Again, the fact is it's going to be probably within $50 million of where Thor 11 Thunder was at the end of its release after just three weeks. So that should already show you why I'm thinking the film is going to be closer to 800 million and possibly even 850. But also why even 900 is within the realm of possibility. It's within spitting distance. Now just how how high does it go? How much higher than 800? How much if it gets to 900, how much higher than 900 does it get? I don't know. That's going to be that long-term question, right? That long-term lay question. And there is still no denying the fact that this film is not doing nearly as well historically in the total box office. Again, that is absolutely true. And I think some people are looking at this number here and are looking at the other MCU film numbers, which I think is completely valid to bring up. But again, they are forgetting the fact that this film is still doing better than or is, is, is tracking better in many markets and in many ways than the two other MCU films that come out this year. And this is after the film being two and a half hours of boredom and a terrible film to boot. So what this tells us is that the MCU stands are still strong. The MCU stands are continuing to show up for this movie. 
and will continue to show up for almost any MCU movie. What's interesting about the MCU stands is that they don't love every MCU film the same. If you look at the history of Ant-Man, especially in comparison to other films, Ant-Man has always been, historically, one of the lowest earners, one of the lowest um, box office returns for MCU titles. So that's a big question. The next major film release from them, I believe, is going to be Ant-Man 3. How much money does that film make? Does that film even make money? Does that film even uh, does that film possibly even lose money in the quote-unquote post-COVID era? I think we're looking at the reasons as to why that is still possible. So again, what I'm saying is that Black Panther is doing a lot better than what people are trying to say it's doing. I think there's a lot of people who are putting the doom and gloom on this movie specifically, and I think that they don't really have a lot of ground to stand on. If we're talking about the MCU in a general sense, there's a little bit more to that. There's definitely a little bit more to be said when it comes to that. But when it comes to this film, as I said, second Monday, it's within three million of where Doctor Strange was. It's pacing ahead. Thanksgiving is this week. It's going to make big numbers there. Some people in the comments have said, I don't think it's going to make as big numbers as you think. And again, I just look to right now the projections, which again, are not always accurate. But for this movie, they've been tracking, uh, you know, second week, third week, or rather the first to second week, they tracked pretty well and uh, have been tracking well otherwise. Right now, projecting a 39% drop, 40.4 million for the three-day weekend, five-day weekend, Right, including Thanksgiving holiday, 58.4, bringing the domestic total to 360. The other thing that I was hearing a lot about was saying, oh, well, you know, uh, World Cup is going to create a lot of competition. And again, I looked to this past weekend, which saw strong numbers internationally. I'm not denying that World Cup is not going to have some impact on the movies and, and not going to have some impact on those international numbers. But but to try and say that that's like a death knell for the film right now, as of the recording of this video, there there is again, there 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 isn't much data there to suggest or to support that. So I just wanted to get all of those things out of the way and dispelled. Um, as I said, I think that if we have a larger argument about or discussion about the state of the MCU compared to where it was a few years ago. I think that you're absolutely seeing that law of diminishing returns. But I think some people are wrongly putting much more of a, a negative point onto the box office for this specific film. Because we, if you we want to talk about films that are not going to do well domestically or anywhere at the box office, the situation going on with Netflix and Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, Ryan Johnson's sequel to Knives Out, getting a limited theatrical release and then getting the rest of it released on, on Netflix. Good Lord. I don't even know how you even calculate whether or not that film is a success or not. But the fact that it's going to be hiding behind Netflix, to me, that kind of says a lot personally. Anyway, getting back into the YouTube chat. Uh, Shorty Short says, I got a really good laugh out of Namor's little green boxers. The MCU is a new is at a new low. Worst villain ever. Oh, yeah. The movie's still trash. Again, I just want to make it clear, too. The movie's awful. The movie's really bad. Just like Black Adam was also bad. At least it had some redeeming qualities when it came to Pierce Brosnan, 
he was great in the film. Even Wakanda Forever, though, there are some performances in the film that are actually decent. The rest of the film isn't. The rest of the film is trash. The entire Namor storyline is complete trash as well. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of things to get laughs out when it comes to this movie. But even then, still, still can't deny the numbers. Nathan Slay says, Lately I've gotten attached to a couple of David Lynch films. Uh, am I excommunicated from the chat now? Well, it depends on the movies, I guess. Jess Pena says, Saw the film this past weekend. Boy, was I bored. My dad liked it. Uh, which I found odd because he isn't the big fan of the first one, although he did hate that the <laughs> the Mexicans were the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, let's just say there's a lot of symbolism that can be found in the movie that should raise some eyebrows at the very least. <laughs> I mean, come on. If you watch Tim Pool, he's, he's kind of been hitting at home uh, about what's been going on and uh, and what one could read into when it comes to those stories. And I don't think it's something that we should be ignoring by any means. Uh, but yeah, again, but you, as you mentioned, you, you, your dad said that he liked it. There are people who are seeing this movie who are liking it, who who are excited about it, who who think that it's it's mostly good. There are people out there that think that doesn't make it true, <laughs> doesn't change the objective reality of the objective issues within the film itself. But at the same time, my dislike of the film also doesn't chase change rather the numbers. Joey Horn says, Hail Odin. Hello, chat. What's up, Joey Horn? Thanks for being a member on the channel. Great to see you here. Soul Assassin, what is going on? It is indeed a red room. Again, it's because it is the feast of St. Cecilia, who is a martyr, and so the red is for her martyrdom. Let's see. Augusto, what's going on? Yes, indeed, it did flop. Uh, let's see. Augusto says, Do you think Avatar 2 will bleed support uh, from Black Panther 2. Well, by the point and the time that Avatar 2 comes out, Black Panther 2 is already going to have done the, the vast majority of its damage at the box office. So, um, let me go ahead and try and pull that up real quick. So, the domestic release for that film is, is December 16th. So, yeah. So, Wakanda Forever still has a little less than a month without any real competition at the box office. So so that's the other factor here that people are also missing is that you can bring up the World Cup and you can bring up all these other things, but no real competition up until Avatar. So Avatar is going to be a, a big hit and it's going to, it's going to, I think, take away from, from most of the films that are out at that time, but it, it's not going to be a major factor in, uh, it's not going to be the make or break basically for Black Panther 2. Because it's already going to have made the vast majority of its money. Let's see. Gary, Bar Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, what is going on? Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Sassy is in the chats. How is it going, Sassy? Orange Hat, time to say. Uh, oh, the 90s was peak Bayverse. True. True. There were actually some good Michael Bay movies, which you can't say a lot for now. Nathan Slay, uh, Tad say, should it be said that even just a flat-out rock is better is a better actor than The Rock? No, 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 not at all. If you go back to the speaking of '90s, if you go back to '90s Rock as the wrestler, he's not a bad actor. He is just <laughs> very singular toned in his movies. Victor Fontaine, yeah, this is something I just mentioned actually. He says Black Panther Two has more or less caught up with Doctor Strange Two domestically. Yep, and no one seems to be talking about it. 
Master of Gaming. There's a new Liam Neeson movie coming out and wide release next week called Marlowe, and there's no trailer for it. Yeah, uh, were you bringing that up in the Discord? I, th- I thought I saw someone bringing it up. And, uh, well, also, let, let's just be honest here. Even if there was a trailer, no one was going to go see it. Unless you're a diehard Liam Neeson fan, the dude comes out with, like, three movies every year. They're all roughly the same as far as the character he portrays. And, <laughs> again, you're not really missing much. So, can't say I blame them for not wanting to spend the money on marketing because it really hasn't paid out well for them in the past. Laura says, Coaxial Jack sounds like a DC DCU superhero. Yeah, definitely. Especially the current era of, of the DCEU. Uh, Scott McKenzie, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Bruce is in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Thank you very much for being here. Bruce tagged to say, my wife and I were just talking about bad ordeals we've had with not-so-great repairmen. Repairmen, man, 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 man. <laughs> if you caught that reference, you were a 90s kid, and you're welcome. Uh, yeah, we. it's interesting because we haven't had a whole lot of, of repairman stories. It's more of whoever, when they were designing this house, who, whoever did the updated electric, electricity and ran the lines, it was so incompetently done. Like, we, every time that we've tried to add a fan, when I was adding the fan to this room, when I was adding the fan to my wife's room, pretty much any time we've tried to do anything with electricity, we've kind of revealed, oh, they just kind of threw stuff together in a lot of ways. Um, if I had a million dollars... Right? There's a lot of things I would do first, but one of the top things on my list would be I would have the entire house, <laughs> the entire house's electrical grid redone and revamped and made in my own image <laughs> to get uh, theological for a moment. Just because. Because uh, it was funny, I was trying to talk to uh, EPB who runs our, who runs the, uh, the internet out of here. And the service is really, really good, but the issue is that there's only three Ethernet ports in the house. One of them is down in my station, uh, station, is down in the media room, which is in the main room behind me. This used to be an Air Airbnb, so it's actually two, like, separate, almost, you could say, houses. Like, you could easily see why. I mean, there's a kitchen down here as well, and everything like that. Excuse me. And so... Um, the way in which they made it work though, was that there's the one ethernet port down here, which is where my media center is the other two ethernet ports. One is in now baby Thor's room and is essentially inaccessible. And then the other is in the, is in our master. And so you don't have anything on the other side of the house, essentially. (laughs) So I remember when we had them here, we had asked saying, Hey, you know, what could we do to try and, you know, get a wire going to like the other side of the house to try and get some ports. They gave us an estimate. I was like, no, 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 no. We'll find a way. You know, luckily, especially Wi-Fi nowadays is actually pretty good. I mean, all of my streams that I've done on this have all run on Wi-Fi. But the reason why I'm really looking into trying to to, to get this to work is because um, upstairs, obviously, it's not nearly as strong since the router's down here. So if I could somehow get some of the things that we use most upstairs in the living room connected, actually hardwired in, could end up uh, fixing a lot of those issues. And also, it means I could plug in the extender that I have upstairs into a hardwired connection, which would also help in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I have a lot of uh, tech ideas that I'm, I'm excited for. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. 
Nathan Slay says, would you, would a huge nightmare for you be a group of David Lynch fans surrounding you and then saying they wouldn't leave you alone until you admit that he's a good director? No, there are many things that are much more terrifying than that because for them, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm just going to leave. And if they were to follow me, I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to call the cops because you're, you're harassing me. So definitely not a nightmare. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Andor is a good finale. Uh, Andor's good finale is tomorrow. Yay. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that Matthew Kadish likes it. I'm glad that there's a few fans of it out there. I- I'm sorry that the show is boring as heck. And it's about one of the most boring characters in the history of Disney. And more specific in the history of Star Wars. Like, Andor is just a very boring character. So even moments that I thought, hey, this is actually pretty good. I kept having to immediately remind myself, oh, but wait a minute, all of this is dealing with a character who I don't care about, have never cared about, can't ever find myself in the future ever caring about, and yet there's an entire show surrounding him. And then the defense that I always hear is, well, you have to watch the episode in threes because the director of the episodes, the showrunner, he is one that is known for doing longer form content. And what likely happened was he made longer episodes that Kathleen Kennedy then chopped up. And I believe that. I think that absolutely happened. But the first three episodes, I believe it was the first three, not the first two, but the first three all came out at the same time. I watched them in sequence. Didn't make it any better. Did not make it any better. Uh, we over on Odyssey tag to say the sloth in Zootopia is more boring than the Andor character. Um, what? Wh- what are you talking about? The sloth in Zootopia is hilarious. At least the sloth in Zootopia is entertaining. <laughs> Great Wood says, have you read that Avatar 2 needs to make more than $2 billion uh, in order to break even? Uh, I have not read that, but that doesn't quite sound up, up to snuff for me. Um, because, let's see, they gave James Cameron a billion dollars, right? They gave James Cameron a billion dollars. So you you take that into account. You take a billion dollars, multiply that by 2.5. That means all of the films together would collectively have to make what 2.5 billion to make to make their money back to break even. Because the typical break even number is 2.5 times the budget. If the marketing, if the entire budget is $1 billion times 2.5 is 2.5 billion. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm missing out my math there, but that would be for the entire franchise. That'd be for the entire series. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think the first film alone is going to make a billion dollars. And even though I think that we're going to see a, even though I think that we're going to see a law again, that law of diminishing returns continue after the fact, um, it is still something that is, is is ultimately going to still be able to play out in his favor um, because I think there's just going to be enough people showing up for it. My hope is my hope is that the first film makes less than half of what the original film. The original film, when you adjust for inflation, is over three billion dollars. So if if Avatar two like craps out before Top Gun Maverick, I will be I will be ecstatic because even though it may have been a billion dollar film. If it doesn't, if it doesn't become the number one box office film of 2022 and loses to Top Gun Maverick, that will make me exceedingly happy. I'm also a realist, though, and the realist in me thinks, okay, well, the film is still going to to be quite, uh, still going to be quite uh, successful. I just, again, 
I, I just don't see that film not making money because I think it's going to have a massive opening worldwide. And ultimately it comes down to is the story good or is it the same garbage that was in the first one? Based on the trailers, it doesn't look like there's going to be much of a story. It's, it looks like James Cameron is doing his same thing where it's, hey, look how pretty it is. Not enough. That is not enough. Um, but yeah, saying that the one singular film needs to make uh, $2 billion to break even, not true. That the film needs to make over $2.5 billion to have the entire series of films that he is releasing break even, yes. Because again, he was given about a billion dollars and that's being divvied up over what, four or five movies? So you're looking at what, $200 million production budget, $250 million production budget per movie? So he needs to make around 500 to 625 million uh, to to break even on each of those movies. I think I think he's going to do that. As I said, I think he's going to end up doing that. But yeah, anyone who said that he ne- he would need to have made a, a two billion on this one film alone, I would love to see where they're getting their numbers from. Griffin Turbo, what's going on? Welcome back. Glad to have you here. Absolutely, have a happy. Turkey Day. Happy, happy Turkey Day. Great movie that I just referenced there. Prepare for sci-fi. So remember says, I got Hunt for the Red. I got the Hunt for Red October on 4K this week for $8. Great time right now to improve the physical media collection. Completely agree. Completely agree. I'm going to try to record some videos before heading out. Uh, I tried to do that today, but ran out of time. Uh, I was trying to do a little bit too much. Um, too quickly, and yeah, that was one of the things that I was going to that I was going to look into. For those though that do like physical media and like collecting it, I think I've mentioned the app before. I'm trying to see if I can can open it up right now. on On iOS, it's called My Movies. I think it's also called My Movies on on Android. But there's also the main website, which is just Blu-ray.com. This is the place to go to find any deals, right? So on Amazon, Reservoir Dogs on 4K, which just got released, fifteen dollars. Uh, the contractor eight dollar four K Adams Family eight dollar four K, um, and you have a bunch of ten dollar four Ks as well, including some classics. Interstellar eight dollar four K. It's a Wonderful Life eight dollars on four K. Some people liked the Batman. I did not, but that one's on ten dollars for four K. So there's tons of ten dollar and less four Ks, and there's tons of even cheaper Blu-rays as well. So one of the videos that I was going to try and do before leaving was breaking down some of the best deals. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do that at this point because I just ran out of time today. But yeah, lots of really, for anyone who enjoys collecting physical media, lots of things on sale. And those are just the 4K titles. If you go to the Blu-rays, the Blu-rays, I mean, the the, the films that are on sale for like $3.99 to $5 right now, you can get some pretty good films. Let's see. Laura says, ooh, Treasure Planet was fantastic. Completely agree. Incredibly underrated film. All right, let's see. Laura says, seeing the Alphabet Mafia stuff in kids' movies makes me queasy. Leave them kids alone. Exactly. Leave them kids alone. For sure. Yeah, Strange World, I believe, yeah, I think that's one of the stories around the film is that it features a LGBTQ plus AIP, whatever it is now, LMNOP um, relationship. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I wouldn't want 
any type of sexual relationship in in any movie, regardless of what it is. So, um, no thank you. But Lord knows that's probably going to push some people away from it. General Wingster, time to say hi out and traveling for Thursday. So have a great Thanksgiving for me. Hey, have a blessed Thanksgiving. Please be safe traveling. Again, I'll be hitting the road tomorrow to travel. Um, I will not be on the Friday Night Tight Show this week because of that, for anyone who was wondering. Let us see. John Evan Bear says, uh, Ryan is going with this narrative that Wakanda Forever is having one of the worst drops. Uh, I saw I saw I saw Ryan had had posted a video and again I I think that he is he's working the system because here's the unfortunate thing too right to to defend uh, some of the some of the people who are you know calling out this as some of the worst box office numbers ever and everything the problem is is that YouTube is still set up in such a way to where unless you are creating titles like that it's impossible to get picked up in the algorithm. So I, I still completely respect um, the fact that there are people who who feel like they have to create very um, have to create very specific, very uh, controversial t- titles like that, right? Even though if you break things down in, in a much more nuanced fashion, it, it ends up not being the case. Um, I, I still respect it just because. YouTube is broken. YouTube has been broken for a long time. I've, I've known this for a long time. I mean, if I wanted my channel to be, like, if if my YouTube channel was my life, was my career, as it is in the case with many of these people, I could totally understand why um, I would probably be doing some similar things. Maybe not the exact same things, but similar things at the very least. But there's a reason why I put out a video only every few days when I can actually put out a video. There's a reason why I have basically a ceiling when it comes to the number of subscribers that I'll have and the number of support I have. It's because I do this for fun and it is something that I I still find to be very, very fun. And that's it. I have a full-time job. I I love my full-time job. I love my family and they come first before anything else. And this, this is just added bonus again it is just so much fun and so i'm going to continue to have that because if you look back to the early days of the channel i thought that this was something that i was going to want to 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 do in a much broader fashion so you'll notice that i was definitely a part of that as well not that i had in my own mind of like oh i'm going to make this title and it's going to be clickbait you know because to me true actual clickbait is when you put something in the title of your video and then you don't talk about it right Whereas in the cases of this, I think it's people putting things in the video where parts of it are true, but when you actually pull back the curtain a little bit, you realize, oh, but it's not really, right? Because Friday to Friday drop is 39%. That is really bad. If you take out the context of it being a major Marvel film with a massive Thursday opening night and that being the reason as to why, and then the follow-up of, okay, it made its money back Saturday and Sunday and ended up having a, a mediocre drop. You know, a pretty standard drop, really. So, and that, and that's the reason why I completely understand it. Because, again, going back to it, there, there are, you know, videos that I did earlier on where I, again, talked about the things in my titles, but my titles also used to be much more, <laughs> I wouldn't say more risque, but they were definitely more on the controversial side of it, right? It, it was, I, I would be trying to cover all the topical news, all the relevant stuff, now I've pretty much fallen into the rhythm of I cover box office, I do my box office preview, my box office breakdown, some long-term box office stuff, I do movie reviews, 
And, and, and that's, I, I'm comfortable with that. Again, it, it's, it's something I do for fun. I found that when I was trying to do videos on everything, I got burnt out. It, it, it stopped being fun. Anyway, King Game Rumshki, what's going on? Uh, he is late tonight. He says, did you get any inside info on Kathleen Kennedy or is it just another fake rumor? Um, oh yeah. So I, I have not heard anything about Kathleen Kennedy. All I can say is if you ever hear anything about Kathleen Kennedy, um, normally if anyone's claiming rather information about Kathleen Kennedy and they're claiming an inside source, the chances of it being fake is very high. Reason being because it has been said now every year for the past, what, five years that this is going to be the year she's fired and it's never happened. And all the people who said that all came in saying they had inside information and inside sources. So, um, yeah. The other thing, too, keep in mind, uh, Bob Iger, to my knowledge, was good friends with Kathleen Kennedy. We're good on good terms with Kathleen Kennedy. So I don't know why. I don't know why um, he would be the one... You know, if anyone was going to do something, it would have been Bob Chapik, and he didn't. Ergo, I, I don't think she has anything that she has to worry about. I mean, she already destroyed the <laughs> the Star Wars universe and the Star Wars fandom. So, I mean, at this point, it's like, well, am I not just might as well just leave her here? She's already destroyed things. Can't do much worse. <laughs> can't can't do much worse than rock bottom. Remember Sci-Fi, uh, let's see, his member saying, I don't really expect any MC films to bomb or to lose money because there are still a lot of people eating these up simply because of the Marvel logo. To them, any story is a good story. Exactly. That is exactly right. There are, again, a lot of MCU stands. And this is something that the DCEU stands don't quite understand for me. I don't like either universe. I think they both have their flaws. However, it's a, it's a verifiable mathematical fact that the MCU stan base that's right I don't think anyone's used that before if they have I apologize but I think it, that needs to go somewhere the stan base all right so each fandom right each major corporation run entity has a stan base right MCU has a stan base and the DCEU has a stan base as well the pool of people in the MCU stan base is significantly larger then the stand base of the DCU. I'm just having so much fun using stand base. I can't believe I've never used that before. And so because the pool is so much smaller for the DCEU, that's why you have a film like Black Adam, which is a flop. Right? I, I believe what today or soon it is available to, to get on PVOD. So to get on digital. That's the sign early on that they're not expecting to make that much more with the box office. So they're going to try and make a little bit more return on investment through through PVOD sales. It's not going to be that much longer, I imagine, until it gets announced when it's going to get an HBO Max release. I think if it's if it's on track to be similar to their other films, Warner Brothers, I believe that for Elvis, it was 70 days from the day of its release to when it got on HBO Max. And the earliest was around like 60 days since they moved away from the day and date release. And away from a 45-day model. So I think that we'll probably see Black Adam if it's on that pacing. I think that they have said that it would it would get on to HBO Max sometime mid-December. So, yeah. MCU. Massive stand base. DCEU. Very passionate stand base, but significantly smaller. Which is why you'll have a film like Black Adam flop. 
and a film like Black Panther be well on the way to breaking even. Again, the fact it's at 550, that film will hit its break-even point this weekend. Uh, unless the wheels completely fall off, which can still happen. Jonah Hex, what's going on? Just says, Wi-Fi is not working for me. Yeah, again, some people have good experience with Wi-Fi. Some people don't. I, I generally speaking, have, have had good Wi-Fi experiences, except when it comes to the upstairs. And that's the reason why I'm doing this project to try and get a hardline signal upstairs using the existing ports. And again, it's just, it's just, fa- I just never even knew until I, d- I did some basic research of how, you know, is there, I have these stupid little ports that I don't use for anything. Can I do anything with them? And sure enough, yes. If, if you have those little uh, old TV coaxial cable ports, guess what? You can actually send Wi-Fi or uh, you can send internet signal via those cables. So um, I'm excited to try that. I'll let, I'll let everyone know next Tuesday on next Tuesday's show the results if it ends up working I sure hope it does I sure hope it does abomination hanging out over on Odyssey now what is going on your training is complete let's see father Christopher Miller hail to you father hanging out in the chat tonight thanks for saying hi blessed feast of Saint Cecilia master gaming time to say I don't recommend RIPD2 rise of the damned not only is it as bad as the first, but there is identity politics and has worse CGI. And color me surprised. <laughs> That's why anytime that Alex McCarthy brought it up, I would rather have just said, oh, did you say something? I don't think you did. But hey. Uh, let's see. Uh, Metas are better. What's going on over on Odyssey? Ba-da-ba-ba-da. Still in the YouTube chat. J.S. Pena says, Not just MCU stands, people that were emotionally manipulated by the trailer. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But the MCU stand base, right, is a very formidable group. There's a whole other factor that, again, people aren't considering for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. People forget the first film did insanely well amongst the African-American community here in the United States. This film likely will also do quite well amongst that same community. Does that mean that everyone's going to go see it just because of the color of the skin? No, of course not. But it does mean that that is a, a audience that is going to show up in a way that they otherwise would not have for other, uh, other franchises and, and for other films. So there is something about Wakanda especially that is creating an environment that the domestic numbers, as I've said for a while now, are going to surprise people. Do not be surprised that the film caps out somewhere around $500 million domestic. And if it's able to do that, and internationally it's able to get to 400, that's a $900 million film. I don't see how anyone could look at that and say that, oh, it's a failure. People could definitely say, oh, it should have made a billion dollars. Maybe. The first film made 1.3. So the, the filmmaking less than the sequel being a two and a half hour film that's not as good. Yeah, actually, you know, makes complete sense for it to not be as, as good. But really, ultimately, how far from its original mark is it? How far from the original film is it? Is going to be, I think, kind of that test to look at, right? Because we are still seeing the law of diminishing returns. But remember that early on, 
after looking at the opening weekend numbers, I said, okay, right now that th- there's a chance. Let's say that this just barely gets to 500 million. 750 million is kind of looking like like the cap. We're now way past that. We're now way past that. Um, now 750 million is, is just again the chances of it getting less than 800 is unlikely. The chances of it getting less than 850 is is even somewhat unlikely. And so I, I think that we're, we're in a situation now where this movie is is all but guaranteed to not be nearly as far off the mark because at 750 million, you were looking at a movie being almost half the size of what the first film did. Now you're looking at the film maybe being within 300 million or so of the original, maybe. That's not nearly as bad. Again, it's not good, but it's not nearly as bad. Again, thank you all for being here this evening. Please put at Ode in the very beginning of your comments. Um, let's me know that you're trying to get my attention. I do fall behind in the chat, so if you're wondering why I haven't mentioned your comments, it's because on the YouTube side of things, right now, let me toggle on my, my timestamps. Let's see. It's 628 in the chat. It's 8 o'clock in real life, so I'm about 30 minutes behind. That is why it takes me a while, because I do read the comments. If you would like to jump the line, you are more than welcome. You are more than welcome to Super Chat or donate via Streamlabs. If not, the only price you pay is patience. King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble tried to say, any cool movies coming out? I feel like we are in a huge downtime for movies right now. Yeah, again, no major releases are set to come out for the next month, really. The next major release. Again, whether it's going to be good, I would argue no. Uh, The next major release is not going to be up until we have Avatar 2. Uh, one that is intriguing me somewhat, it's it's the newest film from Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans. It's it's a movie about movies, and it's a coming-of-age story. It kind of is in the wheelhouse of, of Spielberg. If, if Spielberg can somehow capture and recapture his glory days with this movie, that would be cool to see. I don't have I don't have high hopes for it. I don't have high hopes for it, but. So that, that's one that, that could be good. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, other than that, let's see. What else is there expecting to come out, even on the more independent side of things? Uh, the Whale. Uh, the Whale is one I'm looking forward to. December 9th, that film is getting a wide release. I, I heard somewhere it was getting a release on a platform, uh, but according to the numbers, it is getting a release. I'm going to go ahead and, and pull this up for everybody. So according to this, it is um, getting a wide release. So again, that's the whale. They're also doing a PG-13 version of Father Stew, which I actually do appreciate because I do think that there were some people of faith who stayed away from it because of the R rating, because of the language. However, I do think that there's very few times where films justify the language they use. This one actually, it is justified in that it shows you where he was and then where he ended up. And I, I really appreciated that, that aspect. Let's see. And then you have avatar way of the water, which I think is just going to be atrocious, but still make a billion dollars because people are people. The, uh, <laughs> the avatar stand base. It's really not even the avatar stand base. I would say it is the, James Cameron stand base is still very strong. Um, you have Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So there's another Puss in Boots. Babylon looks interesting. Definitely think Babylon looks interesting. 
and then not really anything. Oh, man. And then we get to jump into the January movies. And January is where films go to die, typically. So that should be fun. But yeah, really not a whole lot of stuff going on at the box office, um, movies-wise. And then he says, what the, no Christmas movies this year even? As I said, Babylon is really the only big film that I recognize that I have any care for for Christmas. Um, right now, Avatar is supposed to, and, and I think the reason why, again, there might be some other independent films that I skipped over there that I don't know a lot about to say anything with, um, but or a big reason as to why there's not a lot of big films is because a lot of people suspect that Avatar is kind of going to own the box office. And I think that's absolutely going to be true as well. And this is coming from someone who hates, hates that movie. All right. Abomination over on Odyssey. Tad to say, I seem to be getting a cold just in time for Thanksgiving alone, but I made for, I made up for it for taking advantage of steam sales for 90% off lots of games. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, Abomination then sad to say, just sounds funny that The Whale is getting a wide release. I see what you did there, but I really do want to see what, what Brendan Fraser was able to do with that film. Uh, again, a movie that got a very long standing ovation uh, at the festival that it, that it released at. So I'm, I'm quite excited for it, to be honest. Hardwick says, the combination of green at the bottom of the screen with a pinkish red light makes me think of watermelon. Well, good for you. And then Laura is adding into the debaucher. How dare you? How dare you? They'd say, why the heck is the movie Knives Out 2 on streaming? I think there's a lot of people who would see it in theaters. Yeah, I mean, the reason why Netflix bought it is because it was a box office hit. It was a massive box office success. People forget this. That film was probably one of the best, um, had some of the best legs of any movie from the year it came out. Um, let me see if I can try to, to pull that up on my... Uh, let's see. I have a website, OMBReviews.com. Check that out. You can find links to everything, uh, but also the box office tracking as well. Let me go ahead and uh, let me pull that over. Yeah. I mean, this is the reason why the film got uh, bought up by Netflix, because they thought that a lot of people would actually want to go see it. Have to go quite a ways back in time. Um, so Knives Out. So the film opened to $70 million, second weekend, $99 million. I projected it was going to cap out at, at max $200 million, right? Max $200 million. The film made $306 million. So compared to its first two weeks, as you can see, more than doubled. More than doubled its amount of money, essentially almost tripled its first two weeks. Made 123 million in net gain profits, so well outperformed any projection that I even had for the film. That's why it got bought up. That's why Netflix spent pretty good money on that movie. But the way that they're releasing it is they're doing a limited release theatrically, and then they're going to do a wide release, or rather, then they're going to put it out on on Netflix. So they're putting it at around 700 screens. It's going to make 12 million dollars. By the end of the Thanksgiving. So per theater, I guess that's that's decent. But yeah, I don't quite understand it because it's so hard to get metrics on. Well, what does that actually mean? Like views on Netflix. What does that actually mean financially for Netflix? Because in my head, the only way 
Netflix can justify movies on their servers or spending a lot of movies, spending a lot of money on these movies, is if the movies themselves bring people over to their platform. And then even that's hard to quantify because you can't always tell, did people join the platform only for Glass Onion, Knives Out 2? Did they join for that in another movie? Did they stay on the platform for one more month in order for that one movie or for other movies? So, so again, how does that money get divvied up? That's why I, this is one of the things I hate about the streaming wars is that I can't, I can't do my numbers stuff. I can't do my numbers. I can't do my math. Harwick says, do you think that James Mangold is telling the truth about Indiana Jones 5 rumors being fake? I remember when Kevin Smith said the same thing about the He-Man rumors. Well, I believe that he said some of the things were fake and they have since been confirmed. Uh, I believe it was uh, Matthew Kadish. Uh, check out the Salty Nerd podcast. I'm sure that they will talk about that, Matthew Kadish especially. Um, I'm pretty sure that some of the things he said were not true have already actually been shown to be true. Dan Blackroy, did I say, it's based on agenda more than reality, which is sad because there is enough reality they can pick apart but choose to dwell on things to make them look foolish. Um, I think, yeah, that's talking about people who who like to either clickbait or like to, more, more accurately, like to to focus their attention on aspects of stories that, that are true but are not the full truth necessarily as far as their titles go. When you actually watch the videos, they do tend to uh, bring in that nuanced conversation, which is incredibly important. But, um, but, but, but then again, right? I, I do think that it is important just to restate that for people where this is their, this is their livelihood. This, this is their, <laughs> this is their primary job, right? That this is their life. They don't have a a day job like I do. Um, it, it makes sense to me that they're going to try to do all the things possible to utilize the algorithm, which is so incredibly bro- broken. So again, it's hard for me to be angry at any of them because it makes complete sense for them to, for them to do so. Because if the algorithm was actually fair, if, if YouTube was not a completely broken system, there wouldn't be a need for it. But because it is, it's the only way that you can actually have growth. And when you're reliant upon the revenues that you gain from from these videos and from the views and from the advertisers, ultimately that is going to put you in that position. Now, again, some people might be able to 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 fight against that or to not lean into that as much. But yeah, I do understand it. Nathan Slay, tag to say, uh, which is better, in Bruges or Seven Psychopaths? Easily in Bruges. Easily in Bruges. By the way, M Sparks, welcome to the chat. Hugo M, what's going on? Uh, Matt R, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very, very much. Over on Rumble, Kinkane Rumski says, what is your prediction? Will there be any promos, commercials, ads this year that say the words Christmas? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They have them every year. They might be few and far between. You'll find a lot more that will have Christmas. And then what you what you typically will see are, are commercials that have Christmas mentioned in some way, whether verbally or visually, but then also Happy Holidays being brought in as well. I saw someone in the live chat mention In Bruges. Yeah, In Bruges is phenomenal. I think Seven Psychopaths is fun too, 
but it doesn't hold a candle to in bruges in bruges is just on a whole other level that's why i was so excited for the banshees of anishirin which i still need to see again to give it its fair shot by the way again for those hanging out tonight i do appreciate y'all being here smash the like button please we got about 20 minutes or so left in the show and i will try my best to get to all of the comments if you've asked a lot of questions already try holding back to let some others have some have some time and attention laura says liam just called said he is going to find you for talking smack about him I'm going to find you I wasn't really talking smack about him. It was more about the movies. Because uh, I, I think Liam Neeson's great. It's just sad that he chooses to... Well, it's sad, but again, kind of it's kind of similar to the YouTube creator's comments. I mean, he, he's got to make money somehow, and he's probably getting paid good money to make these movies. So, can't can't say, <laughs> can't say I'm, I'm fully against it. Um, though, of course, I know he's better than that, for sure. Chef Nick Nero, what's going on, brother? Welcome back. Gamers also hanging out here. Thank you very much. Do you have knob and tube wiring? What? Are you making fun of me? Nathan Slay said, did you say Airbnb? <laughs> After Barbarian, those should be avoided at all costs. Oh, I watched Barbarian, by the way, when I was about to leave for Orlando where I had an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, let's just say it made my travels there a little bit more... Uh, yeah, a little bit more sus, as the kids say. Uh, Laura says, spoiler, Andor dies. I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. How dare you spoil that? Forever Sci-Fi says, so who saw the English fans in Qatar dressed like Crusaders Looks like look like Templar Odin? Uh, that's awesome, by the way. I, I didn't see them. I wasn't able to watch any of the games for long in real time. I was able to watch some of the key plays. Um, that Saudi Arabia win, though. Oh, my goodness. Did not see that one coming. Uh, was it over Argentina? Uh, this 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 is the kind of these are the kinds of sporting events that I can get into uh, when it's countries against countries and it's not war. I love it. <laughs> Funny way of saying it, but it's true. I love seeing countries compete against each other. Right. That's why there's certain sports for the Olympics that I find entertaining. Uh, I think that uh, soccer or football is definitely one of them. Um, and I yeah. I'm sad, though, because usually I like to go for the underdog team, and my typical underdog team in a lot of these tournaments tends to be Iceland, and Iceland didn't qualify. It makes me very sad. Makes me very sad. Chris Rose, what's going on? Welcome. Sherry Allen, what's going on, Sherry? Sherry says, Andor's storyline of Andor finding his sister wasn't finished. It was left hanging in the first episode as a setup in another reason not to like it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see, Sherry Allen, happy Thanksgiving to you as well, to all the peoples out there. JKWX76, where have you been, brother? Hello, chat. The missus and I are under the weather. Going to be interesting Thanksgiving. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a bit of the sniffles, but I think it has more to do with the temperature changing here in Tennessee. It's been uh, below freezing the last couple days, and there was a, a pretty a big shift that happened pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah. J.S. Pena, tad to say, personally, I found the Batman underwhelming. Yeah, I would say that is a fair assessment to make. Master of Gaming, Fast 10 budget has ballooned to $340 million. It is the fourth most expensive movie ever made. Um, it'll be interesting to see if if that number uh, holds, as that does not surprise me, for one. 
right? Because Fast and Furious, they're always very expensive. Um, yeah, right now that's being reported by The Wrap that it's at $340 million. That was as of November 17th. So I would, I'm still going to wait to see if it, whatever Variety Post or Hollywood Reporter, those, again, the, the Wrap, I'm not saying that The Wrap isn't a reliable source, but it's definitely not as reliable when it comes to those numbers typically, but it's also, again, I, I completely believe that that is, that that is going to be the case. I completely believe that it's going to cost that much money because these films cost an insane amount of money. The difference with this film is that even with the 300 in, so let me go ahead and get this. Uh, so $340 million production budget is what it currently is at. And uh, it's being released in May. So that, that could easily still go up. Let me do a quick calculation. I'm very good at calculation. And no, it's not what you think that is, all right? Before you go off saying, Owen's doing an accent. No, I'm doing an impersonation of a character from a movie. He was in The Dark Knight, and he was very good at calculation. The break-even point, I wanted to see. The break-even point for <laughs> Fast 10 as of now, with the $340 million budget as of the recording of this video, $850 million. $850 million just to break even. But that is also a franchise where a billion dollars is pretty much all but guaranteed. So I don't think it's going to have any trouble uh, getting there. Let's see, Forever Sci-Fi, It's a Wonderful Life on 4K for $8. Wish I hadn't just got that Blu-ray for $5 last year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jeremiah Ferris says, last week I said Wakanda Forever would make between 900 and a billion. I think there's still a chance, but it needs an amazing weekend. Yeah, Jeremiah, um, it's definitely in the cards. It, it's definitely in the cards. Ultimately, it, it's got to be able to um, do as well domestically as it, it currently it is. Right now, it's, it's tracking well domestically. The big question mark, though, is internationally. Some people have mentioned the World Cup again. I don't know how much of a factor that is actually going to be. So we'll we'll get our numbers, of course, domestically this weekend. It'll be interesting to see where those numbers fall internationally. If we see a massive drop-off or if we see a continued hold, as it had, again, it had a very strong hold in week two of its release. So, yeah, it can be very, very interesting. But, yeah, if it can... If it can get close to 500 million domestic and then get even just close to 400 international, which again, I think is within the realm of possibility. Yeah, that, that puts 900 million absolutely within the realm. I think a billion's a little bit out of its reach at this point, but you never know. Thank you for not spinning the narrative that the movie won't make money. No, Jeremiah, I again, it's because if, if I think a movie is going to make money and it's based off of the data that's available. I'm going to be honest, even if I don't like the movie again, I think black Panther two is not good. I think it's a pretty trash movie that doesn't change the fact that people are still going to see it and that it is expected to be able to not just make its money back. Cause again, it's going to make its money back by the end of this weekend. Um, the big question mark is how much actual profit does it make? Because either way, we are still seeing, a, a, again, we're, we are still seeing a loss of the return on those. Uh, you, we are continuing to see that loss of revenue over time. And that is something that cannot be ignored. Um, but yeah, 
Jess Pena says, I heard Strange World has a, a gay teen. Yeah, I heard that too. And again, I think that is definitely going to be something that pushes people away. Uh, Kilton Mills says, they are grifters. Oh, again, I think it really depends on the person and, and what's being said. He then says, Twitter is going to try their own YouTube style option. So, yeah, I think that's... Um, yeah, I know that Elon recently said that his plan is eventually to uh, integrate you uh, integrate video hosting and that people will make more there. And, and if, if, if there's anything that's if anything is going to bring me back to the platform, because obviously I got off of it for for personal reasons. Right. I got off of it for my own mental and spiritual health. I will say I'm doing very well with that. And uh, I think that I probably looking at closer to the new year might actually even be able to get back on much more limited, obviously in, in the capacity. Cause I still obviously want to keep myself separated from, from that world. But it looks like from everything that I'm seeing, it's moving in a much better direction. It is, uh, it, it's a platform that I could definitely see myself wanting to get on just merely to lend my own support to what Elon's doing. And, uh, even more importantly, uh, or even just as importantly, the fact that, he could actually turn it into a competitor to YouTube makes me very happy. <laughs> Cleveland McDonald. I have a full-time job. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, and it's not YouTube. Thank you, Hugo M. I really do appreciate that, man. Thank you. All right. We're at the 10 minutes left. Mark Mike zero versus Kathleen Kennedy. I actually I haven't I have not watched a Mike Zero video in in ages. I I, I didn't even know who's still around. Snow Poopis, when Kathy Kennedy uh, when Kathy Kennedy shuffles uh, off this mortal coil, they will glue her mummified remains into her office chair. I, I wouldn't go that far, Snow Poopis, but I see what you mean. Remember sci-fi. At this point, as a matter of Kennedy gets fired, all that's left is Indiana Jones, and that's about to be destroyed anyway. What do you mean about to be destroyed? It already has been. Ha have you not seen Crystal Skull? Have you not seen Crystal Skull? Uh, Kilton says, does the Daily Wire have a huge stand base? No, it doesn't. It, it's got, it, it's got a huge, uh, I wouldn't call them a stand base. They, they've got a good core group of supporters, but they're not, again, stand bases bring in hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I, and I, again, don't really see that as being where the Daily Wire is at this point, but it's getting there. One day they could. We over in Odyssey says, next movies I'm inter interested in are The Menu. Yeah, I have some interest in that. The Whale, absolutely. Puss in Boots, nah. Pale Blue Eyes and Babylon. Yeah, uh, Babylon is the only one on there that I definitely have some interest in. Uh, Kincaid Rumshki says, Bane? What, like, Bane? That's how I think about it. <laughs> Let's see. Kilton says, Fast 9 budget 200 million versus Fast 10, 340 million. Do you think Fast 10 will break even? Uh, it will get a China date. Yeah, that's the other big thing. Universal has been playing very well with China. So always remember that Universal plays very well with the CCP. Plays very well with the CCP. Um, and we should definitely call them out on that very fact. But yeah, I again, 840, around 840 million break even. Yeah. That, that's going to be a billion dollar movie uh, just based off of the history. And the, the, again, if you're talking about stand bases, oh man, Fast Furious has a worldwide stand base. Al Zagarly, what's going on, brother? Thought you wouldn't be here. He says, hail. Oh, 
Gordon, how's it going? Sorry for being late. Just woke up yesterday. I turned 37, 12 years sober. Hey, congratulations, man. It's awesome to hear. And uh, happy, happy belated birthday. Yeah, I forgot that you're just a few years older than I am. War Gamer Girl, welcome. Glad to have you here. J.S. Pena, I want to see the Fable Men's as well, despite Seth Rogen being in it. Oh, I forgot he's in it. Urgh. I was worthy. Typical Alex take the day off, bought a black Adam on digital at midnight. I liked it. Of course. Again, if you want to know anything about a movie, if Alex McCarthy likes it, it's probably bad. Wee says, forgot to add Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some streaming stuff coming out too where I have a, gen again, general interest in it. Kincaid Rumsky, okay, I'm late to the party per usual. Why stand base as opposed to fan base? Uh, because have you ever heard of the expression that people are Marvel like stands, right? So basically, I just like over the course of the stream when I was talking about it, I was like, yeah, they have a stand base, and I was like, wait a minute, why haven't I just been using that, uh, you know, since the very beginning? <laughs> it's a, a phrase which can be used as a noun quote she's a stan or a verb she stands for him was inspired by the Eminem song stan about an obsessive fan who writes increasingly disturbing letters to his rapper idol basically it just refers to those who are completely obsessed and essentially worship on um, the property so MCU stands are those that are basically blindly worshiping consuming anything and all things. So I, I over the course of the stream, said stand base. Kilden Mills, do you think Black Panther will win another Oscar? Oh, yeah. I think it'll get nominated at the very least. Violent Night with David Harbour out soon. Ah, oh, Kimberly G, I forgot about that movie. Yes. Um, I did see that mentioned, and I had completely forgotten what it was about. December 2nd. So yeah, uh, we're we're actually just about a week or so, a little over a week out from that one. Yeah, that one actually looks interesting. With him as Santa Claus. C. Kellen says, why do all Taylor Swift movies flop so badly like Cats Amsterdam? Uh, yeah, well, for one, because in the case of Cats, it was garbage. Uh, Amsterdam, I didn't see, and guess what? No one else did. So I guess it's because she's in a bunch of movies that people either don't want to see or are just so bad that people would rather try to forget that they had ever seen it in the first place. Would be my guess. All right, we are getting close to time. So I'm going to try and get through our last comments here. Again, thank you, everyone, for, for being here. Kilden says, uh, using Section 230 to destroy YouTube and Twitter in 2025 after all the times they attack him. I, uh, again... Well, here's the thing. A president doesn't have the power to unilaterally use it in that way. So, no, that's not going to happen. In fact, right now, if you're actually paying attention to Congress, it's it's uh, some of the Democrats in Congress that are looking to try to use it against Elon. So, uh, yeah. Alex Wright says, I like Liam Neeson movies. Again, even the ones that he makes on a given year are usually, you know, eh, but... Didn't expect Argentina to lose to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, seriously, that, that was a, quite a surprise. Even I, who don't follow soccer very, very well. Kili Chow, please, uh, please pray for uh, Telium29. He hasn't been feeling well. Absolutely will. Absolutely will. Uh, why Iceland? Because your Viking name, Odin. Why not Sweden, Norway, Denmark, or even Finland? Uh, Iceland, actually, because my wife and I's uh, honeymoon was in Iceland. Um, 
and it's just very interesting culture. There's some things about their culture that I am also not a big fan of. They're not very, they're not a very pro-life cult culture to say the very least. Um, but probably because of that personal connection there. And also, I, again, I like underdogs. And so when they were in, I forgot when I was watching them, whether it was an Olympics or whether it was a world cup, but they were like the underdog. And they were, of course, like the fact that like, I think what a third of their entire country showed up to the games was, was incredible. Uh, Joey Horn says you can pull for Denmark and Norway. Those are two other Viking countries. Well, if I'm going to pull for others, I'd go with ones that I'm actually have like familial connections to. So I'd be pulling for like Germany because I have German ancestry. Fred Farkle, what's going on? What is up? All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let's see. Yep. Snorpoop is Stan equals stalker and fan. Yep. And as I said, the stand base of MCU stands much higher. Uh, Favorite sci-fi begs the question, who are the MCU stands keeping in the trunk? That is a very good question. Alex McCarthy, of course you did. He liked Amsterdam. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, yes, please. So if we want to talk about people who are stands, Alex McCarthy is our resident stand here on the channel. But that's how, when he says something is bad, you know it's bad. When he says something is bad, you know it has to be bad. Because if anyone was going to like it, it would be him. Uh, but anyway, with all that being said, thank you all so very much for hanging out with me tonight. It has been a ton of fun, but we are right at the end of the show. Please make sure you smash the like button, not the fire button, Odyssey, smash the rumble button as well, wherever you are watching. So said, we'll try to make some videos over the course of the next uh, day before heading out tomorrow morning. Um... For, I, I might just be cutting up segments either from this or from the recent podcast that I did with John Flickinger. If you want access to that, that is something that you get access to if you're at the Army of Asgard level and above on Patreon, subscribe star. If you're on Locals as well, if you give the Keeper of the Bifrost on YouTube, you get access to the video version of that podcast. Um, but because, yeah, this is going to be the last time I uh, talk with y'all until Thanksgiving. I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving break um, and a blessed Thanksgiving as well. Eat much turkey, spend time with friends and family, uh, and hopefully don't have too many awkward conversations about things that you shouldn't talk about at Thanksgiving, which I'm sure will come up uh, over my Thanksgiving, because they, they tend to. Anyway, thank you all for being here. Tina, Empress of the Universe, thank you so very much for being here modding, uh, as well as to Laura, the modern, the modern Major General as well. Um, I don't hate Alex at all. What are you talking about? I love Alex. I, I say all of these things out of love for Alex McCarthy. Alex McCarthy is is again, he is he is like a mascot of this channel, and I appreciate him so much because of it. Uh, anyway, thank you all again for being here. Uh, eat some turkey, have some fun, not too much fun. Be safe if you're traveling anywhere. Thank you again for your support. Smash light, live fire, and smash rumble on the way out. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening, a wonderful week, a wonderful Thanksgiving. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my November Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with Patreon with Father Luca Illich. 
Thank you very much, Father. Garrett Searles, Jaime Irie Heimason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can check out on YouTube at his channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who also has a YouTube channel that you can check out at Eagle Writer, and Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B., who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Tina B., where she hosts the show with Stephanie B., one of my mods and one of my Valkyrie called Soup to Nuts. Check out Soup to Nuts, and it premieres pretty much every Friday. So again, shout out to all of my Patreon people. Also to all my Subscribestar people, starting off with Matt317. Check him out on Twitch at Matt317. The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and Man. And Man, you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co to follow him uh, as he starts his podcast and also uh, for many of his musical musings as well. Check him out. Very, very talented guy. And then lastly, my locals piece. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson for the win. J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing Laura, <laughs> the amazing lawyer, Robert Barnes. Thank you all so very much for supporting me. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to that. Also, you get access to special things like giveaways and also uh, exclusive podcasts that I do with John the Flick, Big Flickinger and other guests throughout the month of November and in the previous and, and, and the, yeah, the months to follow as well. And again, if any of that sounds interesting to you, especially the 4K giveaways, Steelbook giveaways, some of them that I have to give away this month are films like Starship Troopers on 4K Steelbook, Top Gun Maverick on 4K Steelbook, amongst many others. If that sounds interesting to you, check out the link and follow the instructions down below. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.